to listen we've started dishing to introduce you to the furry fandom we're happy you listen although we're random to immerse you in information and culture beaming straight to your ears it's almost like torture rue tugs for what it's worth streaming to you with all of its might turn it up now and buckle up tight yeah, that's nice. Now stop screwing around and get going already. We have a show to do. Season 2, Episode 8. 1,000 plus badges later. Marcy McAdam, Charla. Today we're going to be talking about artists in the fandom. And we have, of course, our special guest of Marcy. But before we get to that, we have a weekly recap. We do. So what happened last week? Well, we had an amazing thing that happened last week. You hit puberty. No, no, no. no. I already (laughs) hit puberty like a long time ago. It just doesn't show in my voice. (laughs) Okay, what happened last week? Well, we actually tripled our number of downloads. We did. Do you know, it's so cool to think that you and I sit in this little room here with our little microphones and actually put something that people want to listen to. I know. It's it's been pretty amazing. I you know, I appreciate your guys' support. Um we love doing for what it's worth and you know, we love ha- having you guys listen in. Yeah, thank you seriously to everyone out there who listens. It it's very touching. You know, we also had an amazing meet at Boondocks. Um we had a lot of fun. Um there was about 30, 30 members that showed up. Um, it started raining, so we had to wait for like an hour before we were able to go out and mini golf. And it was it was a lot of fun. There were some bumps and bruises that happened, but really, yeah, what happened? Oh, just random things. Like this kid came up and started hitting me with a a five iron. Were you in suit? Yeah, I was. I was in suit. But a five iron? You putt with a five iron? <laughs> that takes kidding. skill. <laughs> Just a regular putter, but it was it was fun. Uh, we management really enjoyed us being there. Um, they came up to us and and said that they really appreciated us. Did, did that creepy dog from the website at Boondocks show up? <laughs> he's the creepiest dog. He has it's, like Betty Boop pretty, eyes. Pretty creepy fursuiter, yeah. I have to admit. Um, did no. he, sh- he didn't. No, he didn't show up. Did you go in the batting cage in suit? No, I don't <sighs> think that they would have allowed us to. Because that you have to would wear make a great YouTube fodder. <laughs> Seriously, can you imagine a fursuiter getting beamed with slow-moving baseballs? <laughs> I am pretty sure that that's been done. Just look on YouTube, and I'm pretty sure that you'd find it. Um, I went and played skee ball and um, stuff like that. With wait, is that called skee ball? You talking about the thing where you roll the ball? No, it's not skee ball. It's the air hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. There's not even a ball in there. It's totally the same same thing, right? You have something that you're trying to hit. I almost said shuffleboard. (laughs) Shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. But I got a lot of tickets. And what was really fun is going up in suit with all my tickets and giving them to them. And they're like, 
what do you want? And I'm like pointing to all the little things. The little, the arcade redemption tickets? Yeah. Oh, I'm like tickets? Yeah, tickets. Concert tickets? It was, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, so that's, that's about what happened with the meat. Oh, and then we went and ate at Ikea afterwards. Did you eat, did you eat meat pucks? Meat pucks? What, what are those? Meatballs? What? Meatballs. Right. No, I didn't have any. I had their fish. So. What? You don't eat the meatballs at Ikea? Mm, I, they're not my favorite. Well. Really? Oh, oh. oh my God. Why would you not eat the meatballs? That's the best part about Ikea. <laughs> so we have something new here. We have upgraded the cookie. We have upgraded the cookie, and I don't know if I how I feel about it, because it's not an edible cookie. It's a metal cookie. It's like something that you would give to somebody as like an award, but I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to open up this metal cookie. There's a fortune that has been selected and placed inside. All right, so Here this is comes. the fortune for today. This evening will be full of surprises <laughs> in bed with the cookie. That's a pretty good Where one. do you get these fortunes from? Seriously. <laughs> well, um, this one came from this little book called Love Cookies. We bought it at Barnes and Noble. Uh, um, it is the little book of love fortunes. Oh, is that what it's called? Love fortunes? What's a love fortune? Well, I, like, apparently, I like love cookie better. Apparently it has to deal with um, this evening will be full of surprises. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of an intro. <laughs> well, today we have a Skype interview with Marcy where we are going to be discussing many wonderful and important things about artistry, her thoughts on the fandom and so forth. So stick with us. And we'll be and right back. Even the picture with plenty inside looks so delicious, me fit to be tied. We love to eat it with sugar and cream. But no, 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 we know the rule. Picture exciting, but not for biting. Don't eat the pictures. No, no, no. Don't eat the pictures. No, no, no. On today's episode, we're joined by Marcy McAdams Charlotte. She's a self-taught artist, a children's book illustrator, and a comic book artist. But in the furry fandom, she's best known as the Badge Queen. Her artwork has appeared on t-shirts, cards, activity books, comics, stickers, and countless private commissions, and they're really quite countless. She was recently the guest of honor at Fernal Equinox in Toronto and a participant in the Foothills Young Authors Conference. Her favorite things to draw are cartoon kids and animals, and she is blessed to make a living doing the things she loves best. She lives in Calgary, Alberta, and she lives with her two children and her wife, Dee, who recently she tied the knot with. And... And she's also one of my favorite artists. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, we actually sent out for some emails, and uh, we had a few of them. Do you have those ready to go, Rue? I do have a couple of them. Okay. Um, a lot of them basically are the origin questions, though. Let's see. The first one is from, let's see, Michael Green? Yep. Is that how you say it? Yep. Okay. All right. There's a folk tale out there which says a baby fur isn't really a baby fur until he gets a Marcy badge. <laughs> <laughs> what is there to say about um, about her art? She is hands down one of the best baby fur and kid fur artists out there. <laughs> Tying with my opinion as 
Let's see, what is that one? Astolfo. Astolfo. Marcy is a much more commercial artist, however. <laughs> you can definitely recognize her style, and she has a strong artistic voice. The characters and the lettering, I do admire your lettering. Your, <laughs> your Let's see, most con badges have absolutely horrible name work. The font they choose is horrific in their own style, um, is even worse. At least your letters are pretty um, evenly proportioned and colored with pretty two-tone. So that that was some, some things he had to say within it, but it looks like that he has some questions for you, so if you want to reply these. Sure. I wonder, what is it like to take so many commissions and complete them in such a short time? <laughs> wow, it's um frankly it's exhausting. Uh when I come back from a con I have to spend at least a day just recovering and sorting through stuff and putting stuff away and and, and physically recovering, maybe get a massage, but yeah, it's uh it's work, no doubt about it. Fun work, but it's work. Do you get like a hand massage? Because I think that you would need to have some sort of hand massage afterward. On occasion, yes. It, there's a, a masseuse swarming around a con. I will happily take them up on their offer. <laughs> Do you, are there masseuses often at cons? I have never seen any. Yeah, there there often are. Yeah, the hmm. bigger ones. Yeah. Uh, the next question he asked you, is it tiring as an artist or is it inspiring? And I think hmm. that's a reference to the volume of the work you do. Yeah. The volume of the work itself um, can be tiring, for sure, um, especially by Sunday afternoon. It's just... Like, wow. <laughs> but it's also fun. You know, it's inspiring. You see all the all people's different ideas, especially when someone comes up with a really great idea. Like, Rue, you had an idea for yours where your character's wearing a cape and playing a video game, and suddenly everyone wants that. And that's fun because it's, you know, it generates new ideas, and it it inspires my own imagination and creativity when someone has a great idea. So, yeah, it, it's cool. So what keeps you inspired? Kind of, I mean, I guess you kind of answered that already, didn't you? Are there other sources of inspiration? I love looking at other people's artwork, for sure. A convention's a great place to do that. You know, touring through the art show and seeing how someone else does something or seeing what kind of uh, ideas they have, what their imagination looks like. It's, it's very inspiring. What's your, what's your favorite artist that's at conventions, if you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh my goodness. Favorite artists. Um, some of my favorites, um, are the pals that I hang around with. Dark Natasha, whose style is very different from mine. And it's just neat to see her realism, which I don't have at all. <laughs> um, Sarah Caribou Miles. I love the illustrative storytelling quality of her artwork. Um, tons of others. Michelle Light. Um, yeah, I, those are the ones off the top of my head. Just great artists. Uh, we have a couple other emails, but they actually kind of go into the next thing, uh, which we were going to talk to you about, um, which is how did you get into art? A lot of people don't know that story. Hmm. I can't remember a time when I didn't draw. I, I've always drawn since I was very small, and uh, I just didn't know that I could make a living at it. But, you know, early on in grade one, my teacher said, you are going to be an author and an artist someday. I just knew it. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can see that. 
of course, if you're in grade one, you, you're just drawing all the time. But um, I just kept with it. Uh, how did you choose your media that you work in? Because now you all usually do Prisma, right? But I know you've been doing other stuff. Yeah. Well, my go-to medium is Prisma color markers, no doubt about it, especially when I'm traveling at a convention. They're bright. They're portable. They're easy to use. And they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fun. I know a lot of artists um, use Copics and various others. I don't want to know. I just enjoy the, the selection that Prismacolor has. So I have a few Copics, but Prisma is my go-to. Um, but aside from that, uh, a lot of the artwork that I do for clients is Photoshop on the Mac. It's all digital coloring. It's just easier for them to print out and to use in a digital medium. Um, when I'm writing or doodling in my artist's journal, I love using the small travel watercolor set that I have. And I even have a few art programs on the iPad that I'm playing around with, seeing what works best. Do you use the Adobe tools on the iPad? No, I haven't tried that one yet, but I've got a few others. So were so, you doing uh, the Prismacolor thing before you got into the convention scene, or is that something you picked up when you started? Oh, it was something I picked up when I started, and I don't even remember when I started using them. But it must have been because another artist was, and I thought, yeah, those are great. But mm-hmm. I've always used markers. You know, in grade school, I, I would use two tones of markers that line something. And the funny thing is I'm still using a lot of the same techniques I did when I was nine. <laughs> hey, Marcy, what was your first convention like? It was surreal and strange, and it was completely unlike anything that I'd grown up with. <laughs> Which convention was it? It was just a small con here in Calgary. It was a science fiction, um, yeah, science fiction fantasy con. And there were people walking around in these barbarian costumes that covered very little flesh. And <laughs> the conservative background that I did, it was, like, wild. <laughs> How so, long ago was that? Oh, my gosh. I was um, 17, I think. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> we won't ask for the year, obviously, yeah, because then that would date you. <laughs> yeah. So what was your first furry convention specifically? It was the one in California, and I don't even remember its name, but it was the very first one. FC? It, was, it wasn't their first year. No, it wasn't FC. Uh, it wasn't Caliper either. Boy, someone else there with their sense of furry history will, will know for sure. But, um, yeah, it was their second year, I believe, that I first attended. But, yeah, I remember when Comic-Con used to have a furry element to it. It wasn't. It was kind of like a subgenre then. It was very underground. Um, but do you remember Rauer Brazel? That was the, the APA that was alive back then. And, uh, yeah, I got started through Rauer Brazel at a Comic-Con. And that was my entrance to furry fandom. So why did, why furries after that? What, what gained that inspiration? What was, what was the magical thing that kept you wanting to draw them? Oh my goodness. I've always drawn furries. I have pictures of, uh, bears that are walking and wearing clothes and talking with each other from when I was six. So it's it's definitely um, in my blood to draw furries. <laughs> Did you actually have any books as a child that kind of inspired that or may have led you in that direction? Oh, probably. My favorite fairy tale was Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Not because of Goldilocks, but the bears. <laughs> <laughs> I read it every single night. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anything Disney-ish, cartoonish, and animal-oriented, that was me. 
<laughs> Did you watch a lot of Disney movies then? Yes, all the ones that I could. You know, every Sunday, the you know, wonderful world of Disney would be on, and I'd be watching it. <laughs> so can I ask, for somebody that's, you know, just starting to draw furry, what, I, I know you've heard this, you know, this sentence so many times, especially at conventions. What would be a piece of advice that you would give to them? Well, this certainly isn't new advice, but it's it's advice that I've heard from every artist, and that's to draw constantly every chance you get. It's like anything. The, the more you do it, the better you get, whether you have a little bit of talent or a lot of talent. But even people with a lot of talent aren't going to refine their art as much as someone who just works hard at it. So it, it's just doing it all the time, every chance you get. How do you get through the discouraging parts? Because there, there are days, you know, where, like, I've drawn and then I'm like, this is just not going the way I want, and I try the next day, and it still doesn't go the way I want. Oh, yeah. And I'm just but, like, ah! Uh-huh. It always happens. Happens to any artist. And you're often your worst cr- critic, your own worst critic. Um, FA is a great place to get a lot of feedback on your art and to build a following. Um, so, yeah, post artwork on FA for Affinity. Um, see what people say. Run with it. Develop a thick skin because sometimes comments are going to be hard to take. And I know us artistic types tend to be rather sensitive. <laughs> Try not to be. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'm not great at following my own advice, by the way. But there you go. <laughs> well, before we continue the interview, it's time for the top ten. Yay! <laughs> Presenting the top 10 ways to make sure an artist will never take your commission as decreed by For What It's Worth. Number 10. Commission an artist, then make 10,000 changes to the work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Number 9. Wait for your proof, then don't pay or communicate with the artist anymore. <laughs> oh. Number eight, be sure to give the artist your life story about your Aunt Susie's terminal illness and how it put you out of work for three weeks. <laughs> Number seven, ask the artist to draw something they have listed a subject matter that they won't draw. Yeah, that'd do it. Number six, don't pay the artist at all. Number five, bitch about your artist all over the internet before 24 hours have passed since they accepted your order. Number four, how many times have you walked by their dealer's room table at this convention? (laughs) (laughs) Number three, assume by commissioning an artist, you are now best friends forever. I love you. I love you. Oh my gosh. Number two, hit on the artist. Number one, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? Are you sure that this was a top ten will you will take your commission? Like for artists, I think it was will not take your commission. I said never. Oh. You said never? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's your top ten. <laughs> now we return to our Skype interview with Marcy, and we'll be back. What was your most memorable piece of artwork? Oh, that's really hard to say because so many people come up with these great ideas at a con. Um, especially when they come up with something interesting, like their character is playing with a certain toy, like riding a big wheel or playing with a kitchen set or finger painting. 
or when their character is dressed <laughs> up in a, a costume that matches the theme of the con. That's so creative and so much fun. Um, so I can't point to just one, but there there really are so many great examples of, out there. Do you have any horror stories? Hmm, I don't really. <laughs> not one, really? Every commission's always been perfect. I know. No, conventions are not perfect by any means, but I don't generally take the kind of commissions that lend themselves to horror stories, unlike some of my friends who get really wild requests for multi-limbed characters or exotic porn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it is always challenging when someone asks you to do their character who's all black and wearing black clothing, and I'm like, really? But, you know, that's me. I love color. <laughs> Well, it's hard to see, though, it, it too. It's, you have to leave that little hair-thin yeah. line of white, and oops, the marker slips. You know, here's the thing that I love about your work, Marcy, is when I look at it, I feel like you can almost touch the picture as if it has a life of its own. Oh, you put nice. You put a spirit within the art itself. I mean, anybody can draw something, but to be able to put the soul of the character inside that painting. That's what I find is amazing about your work. Well, I find that the eyes and the smile are really important in a character. And I find that when I'm drawing a smile, my face is smiling. (laughs) (laughs) So so you pantomime what you're drawing. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, Marcy, I, I don't know. You seem like a very happy person. How would, and this is totally a different, different, like, kind of going a little bit offbeat, but here you go. Okay. How do you find, how have you found happiness in life? Mm. That's a good question. Um, My happiness, um, my relationship with the divine, certainly, with my relationship with God, um, looking for beauty in nature all around me, Um, definitely my my darling wife <laughs> brings me a great deal of happiness and my two boys. And, you know, it's just a way of looking at the world. And I've been called a very hopeful person. <laughs> and sometimes that optimism um, kind of bites me in the butt and I get disappointed over things that don't happen. But I think in the long term, optimism and, and hopefulness is the way to go. At least that's how I can. That's how I live my life. <laughs> Well, you have an amazing smile to your voice. Like, I don't know, when I talk to you, it's just, I don't know, uh, it just makes me happy, I guess. So. Do you find that happens with a lot of people? Um, like, do other people find it infectious? I guess so. I, I try to be happy when I'm around other people and, and spread a little bit of the joy. <laughs> and certainly I, I try to convey that in my art. I mean, it's, I I draw art because I love it, and if I didn't love it, I would probably stop doing it. Um, and conventions, yes, are hard work, but they are fun. I love doing little animals and baby fur characters. They're just, they bring me joy. So thank you to all the fans out there who, who give me this work. It, it, really, that, I love you guys! <laughs> <laughs> now you all can reply to that. Cast it for what it's worth.com and we'll share it with her. <laughs> Well, we're going to take just a one-second quick break, and then we're going to be right back.
From the FWIW News Desk, this is Tugs bringing you the latest news. In national news, the New Jersey Furbecue Scandal, Furry Drama, has finally come to light and closed. The event was actually canceled after a successful annual run since 2005. At the May event, there were 200 attendees and 30 fursuiters, but a claim was made and later picked up by the media, including a local Fox station, where two fursuiters were accused of simulating sex, quote, on a car. Co-organizer of the event, Razor Wolf, has stated that, there's no photo- that there is photographic evidence of the claim. However, this has not been provided to anyone to date. The event actually led to discussion in the city council, which basically appeared to be a lot of words and little action to date. But because there's no evidence to substantiate the event, it appears the community as in general has moved on and is treating this as just rumor. In our last episode, we brought you information about Tales and Tactics, a card game on Kickstarter. We have checked in with them and found that they are currently at almost $4,000 and just a handful of backers, so we encourage you still to go and donate. Just so you know, the game is based on furries in typical war situations, features comedic art, and strategy. Their goal is to print 1,000 decks professionally on their website by the end of the year, and if you'd like to donate, please check our show notes page for a link. Now we turn to local news. Rocky Mountain FurCon is on the horizon. It's a convention that started in 2007 with an attendance of 236, and last year the attendance was 643. It's going to be held on August 10th through the 12th at the, at the Doubletree Hotel, Denver. And the guests of honor are David Hopkins, creator of the comic Jack, and Cyber of Made for You. And in really local news, we go to Rue for more information about the 97.1 ZHT Morning Zoo story. The Morning Zoo talked about the Utah furry community. They extrapolated from the movie Ted and compared it to the plushy and furry community. Many furries and non-furries wrote in to the station about how they felt that they were unfairly portrayed. The Morning Zoo has yet to respond. If you'd like more information, please check our show notes so you can hear the podcast yourself. And lastly, the next local meets. The UFF will meet next month on August 4th, 2012. Details and location have yet to be announced. The Utah Furries group meet is on August 18th, 2012. Please note that that is one week later than normal to accommodate for Rocky Mountain FurCon. This is Tugs from the FWIW News Desk, and that's the news.
Well, welcome back. Thanks. All right. All right. So coming up now, we have a little trivia game for you. So we know that you're Canadian, and, <laughs> and most of our audience is not. <laughs> At least that we can tell. Although we have a lot of Australians that listen. So. Oddly enough, we do. Yeah. Cool. And so being that you're Canadian, and it's such an exotic thing to our probably large <laughs> wow. audience, because Americans are fat, right? It's like she's like from Honolulu or something. Yeah. <laughs> so have you watched Top Gear before? No, I have not. Okay. Well, it's the, probably, I think it is the most watched show in the world. And what they have on there is they have cars that go around the track, and they have hot lap times. So what we did is we decided to rip them off, but instead we're going to play games with all of our guests, and whoever has the highest score at the end of the season gets bragging rights or something. We haven't figured that part out yet. Okay. So you will be our second contestant, and we want to know how well you know Canada. So we have <laughs> we have ten questions. Each one's worth one point. All games have ten points possible, so everyone's weighted equally. And mm-hmm. we'll see how you do. All right. All right. What is the origin of the name Canada? Uh, it means meeting place. Canada. Very good. That's correct. One point. <laughs> Who was the first prime minister of Canada? Uh, uh, Sean Wilfred Laurier, I believe. No. no. <laughs> Sir John, John McDonald. Yep. Oh, Dee says in the background, she's the teacher. You know what? You know what? I think that she gets a half point. She she gets a lifeline. We'll just, you know what? We'll just give it to her. She gets That's a right, lifeline. <laughs> um, when was the um? When was Canada Charter the rights? The Canadian Charter oh, of Rights. Canadian Charter of Rights <laughs> included oh in the Constitution gosh. Act. Uh, e. <laughs> D. This is a multiple choice. I know. Um, <laughs> when was the Charter of Rights and Freedoms added? Hmm. <laughs> 1989. Ooh, that was very close. It's 1982. 1982. Okay. And just for our audience's information, the basic law derives not only from a set of documents known as the Constitution Acts, but also a set of unwritten laws and conventions. What are the unwritten laws? Do you know? That's not actually a question. Unwritten laws? Yeah, it's. <laughs> it sounds like this kind of all whispered to each other. Okay, I can't be held accountable for something that's not written, can I? <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, so I. What, hmm? Go no, ahead. I do. Okay. Well, what rhetoric is described by the Canadian Encyclopedia as having had a greater impact on the history and exploration of Canada than any other animal or plant species? Sorry, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) What rodent is described? Rodent! The beaver! The beaver! That is correct. Double creature. I went beaver trapping recently. Those are big. They're huge. They are. Who was the only Canadian ever to serve as Prime Minister of Great Britain? Oh, the only Canadian ever to serve as President, Prince, Prime Minister of Great Britain! Hmm. No idea. No, that's pretty obscure. <laughs> I don't know if I want to say it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's bone or law. Wow. Okay. Right. Who was the first French-Canadian Prime Minister of Canada? Uh, Laurier. 
Very good. That's, that's another point. Go ahead, read the next one. Okay. Who led the Métis in the rebellion at Red River in 1870 and in the Northwest in 1885? Oh, shoot, I know this. Did I say that right? Is it Métis? Yeah, Métis. Métis, Winnipeg, rebellion. Red River. Oh, I know, I know. Do it real. Is she cheating? She can't go to Google. <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> you gotta come up with better rules for these games. <laughs> I'm totally cheating. Dee is feeding me answers. She's a grade six teacher. <laughs> <laughs> All these are like actually from like a kid's trivia website. Believe <laughs> <laughs> it. I believe it. <laughs> Let's see. What is Laura's second famous for? Laura's? Laura second. Laura Secord. Seco oh. Secord. <laughs> Okay. All right. And apparently, we're blind too. Tom Ponick working for me. Okay. She well, besides having her name attached to chocolate, she actually didn't have any relevance to chocolate in history. She um, ran messages back and forth during the war. Which war? Hmm. Okay, the Loyalist War. Um, the Loyalist War. <laughs> really dumb. No, she was working for the Loyalists. In, um... The War of 1812. That's it. That's the one. She was warning, um... Warning, um, British of, um, attacks on Canadian Americans. Yes. Oh, wait. Canadian... Canada by Americans. There we go. That would also be... Canadian Americans. Are there such things? Canadian Americans. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, (laughs) two questions to go. How many national parks are in Canada? National parks? How many? Yep. Oh, and look, you have A, B, C, or D. Yay! Okay, here we go. Choice. A, under 10. B, between 10 and 50. C, between 50 and 100. D, over 100. D. Are you serious? No way. We don't even have 100. (laughs) National Park? B, B, between 10, 10 and 50. Okay, that is correct. <laughs> Sorry, by the way. I don't know, we'll have to add these up later. That's what MP3 is for, didn't you know? <laughs> She's only missed one so far. Let's see, what is the name of the highest mountain in Canada? Mount Logan. <laughs> Are you, do you have us on speakers in there? That's geez, so cheating, so cheating. I can hear it in the background. Yeah, I'm so cheating. <laughs> You know, you should you should just get her to come over here and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, your score, as as far as I know, is nine ish out of ten, ish. Nine ish. Ish with the big red star by it. Yay! <laughs> I think puts you in the leaderboard as number one. So she gets an A minus on her. Yes. Nine out of ten is yeah, that is an A minus. I'm looking at you going, hey, isn't, isn't that, that an A minus? <laughs> yes. Or, or would that be an A? I don't know. Whatever. All right. So returning to the more serious things in life. So one Furries. big thing. <laughs> one of the big things that we always tend to read on FA is artists that go. People just don't know how to commission me. So what? What are the golden rules of commissioning? If you, someone is going to come up and pay any artist with their hard-earned money, what are the 
do's? What do you have to give the artist for a successful commission? And what is just a good idea that you don't necessarily have to do? Um, smiles are nice. <laughs> um, reference pictures really make things easier. If you have a reference picture, you know, a picture tells a thousand words. So, um, yeah, if you have a picture of your character, even if you have to say, and but this is the exception, and but not this, then it just helps. Um, it's not a requirement, though. Uh, having something cute in mind, that really sparks my imagination, especially on a Sunday afternoon when I'm more likely to look at you and go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, when you pick up your badge, um, it's really nice if you look happy, if I've done a good job, if you like it. If you pick it up and you think it sucks, then you're totally entitled to look grumpy. But if you love it, it really makes me feel so good when you say so, when you smile. I know some people are so enthusiastic, and that just really makes my day. So it's not a requirement, but it really is nice. Well, I can tell you, when you made my badge, it made my whole week. I was like... <laughs> That's awesome. And it makes <laughs> my week, too, to, to know that I brought joy to someone with my art. It really does. So I, I know that I've uh, talked to you and asked you this question, and you and I have had private conversations, but it, it, it begs the question on the air, is it surreal to see your art everywhere at a convention? Like, seriously, I think if you stand anywhere at any big furry convention, it's like standing on a corner in Seattle, you know? I did that once, and there were 13 Starbucks. Wow. And it's like you could probably count a ton of your art just, you know, floating around. I mean, is it surreal for you, or how do you, how do you handle that? Well... You know, I, I do about 40 badges a con. So when you think of how many cons I go to, it's about three a year. Um, it, there's bound to be a lot out there. So, it, yeah, it actually kind of feels kind of good when I see people wearing my art. It's like, oh, I did that. And they like it enough to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how many badges you've done total since I you started? No idea. No idea. Mm-hmm. Hundreds. Hun- hundreds? Just Hundreds. hundreds. I don't know, maybe more than that. I have no idea. <laughs> maybe someone with math skills can figure out. Given 40 badges a con times three, so that's 120 a year. And I've been doing this for, um, oh, let's say 10 years. So that's 1,200 right there. <laughs> She's doing the math for you, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. She says 1,140, <laughs> to be precise. Wow. <laughs> That's that's a lot, and, that, and that's yeah. just cons. So that's not anything yeah. you do as on as an aside, right? You know, yeah. one thing that I find amazing is, you know, I could go through like a whole bunch of different pictures, like a whole bunch of people could have different badges and different things. I can definitely like within two seconds identify if it's a Marcy badge or not. <laughs> it's just because you have a unique style. Yeah, right? it it is. It does kind of stand out, which makes me feel good. Um, you know, I. It's taken a while. Uh, well, I don't know. It, my voice is pretty evident. Um, I know. I, I'm just myself on the badges and in my art. And I guess it kind of shows. So how how do you – or sorry, where do you see yourself in a couple of years? Are you still going to be going to conventions, or do you see the end is nigh? I don't see the end is nigh yet. Um, I enjoy it. Um, I, I guess I'll keep going as long as I enjoy it. I mean, my friends are in their 50s now. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I imagine, you know, still going to cons then. Um, I think what I'd like to do is try to make it not quite so much work. So try to use some creative ideas to um, give people a product that they really love without um, 
doing, you know, wasting myself away <laughs> at a concert. It's so exhausting. But I think that um, bears some looking into and some creativity and brainstorming and maybe some infra- input from people on what they would really love to see from me. Maybe where, should, see. where should they give you that input? On FA is great. Um, you can also reach me on by email. My website is www. Uh, I forget the W part. HTTP colon slash slash furries dot frithcat dot com. I have no, to ask, what's a frithcat? Frithcat. <laughs> That's a great question. People ask me that all the time. Frith was the name of my cat, who is no longer with us, sadly. But oh. if you look at the, mo- at the movie Watership Down, the animated part, there's a segment where they're telling stories with El Herrera and the Prince of the Rabbits and the God Frith of the Rabbits. And it's a very stylized form of art that I adopted in what I now call my spirit of nature art. Very stylized, um, influenced by Native Americans, Native Canadians. And it's that frith element that I use to describe kind of animals that I did. So frith cat was born out of that. So that's now the name of my website. So I have one last request for you, Marcy. Yes. Okay, so here you go. The stage is yours. What would you like to tell the furry fandom? Because we've got six listeners and they all want to know. What? Six? (laughs) We have way more than that. Okay, seven. Like, in fact, we we had like, what, 200 downloads or something? Shh. Oh, okay. We have a a thousand, million, trillion listeners. Okay, what would you like to tell all thousand, million, trillion of our listeners? If you you have 30 seconds, go for it. I just want to tell them you know, how grateful I am to my fans, the people who commissioned me. I really could not do this without you guys. And I, I love doing this artwork, and I'm so happy that you love to have me do it for you. And I love to see the expressions of joy on your faces when I bring a bit of joy into your world with my artwork. It's like we're connecting, and that's just so gratifying for me as an artist, you know, not to be working in a vacuum, but doing work for someone who I can immediately see their smile and it's just so great. I love Furry Phantom. I really do. You guys are great. Marcy, you know, you are an amazing part within the Furry Fandom. Like you oh, thanks. <laughs> you you make a lot of people who they are because of your art. And what? it's amazing on um, how many people that you have touched. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. When, when's your next public appearance, just so everyone can plan? Uh, the next one for sure is Midwest Fur Fest in November. Um, but I am talking about going to Rainforest. I don't have a dealer's table there, but Dark Natasha does, and so I may... I'm going to eat my microphone because I'm going to be there, too. <laughs> I'm all like, yes, come, come. So, yes, I'll try for Rainforest. I love Seattle. Yeah, but Midwest for a fest for sure. Well, Marcy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on our show. Um oh, once again, any questions for Marcy can go to castaforwhatitsworth.com or send it directly to her. Awesome. All right, awesome. Well, we will go ahead and let you go. Thank you so much yes, for your time. Thank you for your time. I know how precious it is, and I know <laughs> that you're a very busy person and you have lots of plans ahead of you with your with your honeymoon. Yay! <laughs> Thank you again to Marcy for joining us on Skype. It was 
super, super fun. I had a great time. I had an amazing time. I love Marcy. <laughs> well, <laughs> we do have some viewer email. Yeah. Viewer? viewer. This, this is from <laughs> Sky the Wolf. Is that how you say it? Yes. Um, hey, every fur. First off, Rue, you are awesome. The cookies are the best. Oh, and cookies are the best. I think he's just playing to the audience. Yeah, probably. But, you know, I love cookies, so I think cookies are the best. I am, rel- I am relatively new to the fandom. Only about a year. I have only recently created my persona, Sky. I have tried to show my parents the, f- the furry fandom and some of my art, but they are weirded out. I'm only 14, almost 15, and I, am, I have been waiting, I've been wanting to get more involved in the fandom. I listen to your podcast, Getting Your Paw in the Door, but very little appealed to me, being so young that I am. Any advice? Thanks and scritches. Sky. Now, Getting Your Paw in the Door is one of the older episodes before I showed up, right? That's correct. Okay. P.S., I also thought your your parents and the furry thing podcast was helpful to explain the fandom to my parents. Thanks again. Well, let's see. Getting your paw in the door. I believe that that particular episode was basically about how to explain to people, you know, that you are a furry and whether or not that that's important for you to explain. Um It's the identity crisis. Yeah, I, basically, basically, it's about that. So I guess for the young, young people, I would just, just know that you can be yourself, and it's okay to be yourself. In fact, all throughout your life, you're going to see that there, that being yourself, isn't necessarily the popular thing, um, isn't necessarily going to be accepted by everyone. So you will need to just understand that no matter what, somebody out there isn't going to accept who you are. And so just be proud of who you are. Accept it. Embrace yourself. And um, be happy with who you are. Being 14 and into the fandom is awesome. You're also in a position where you're extremely young and your parents have a lot of say in your life. And it's also, you know, I I was 14, you were 14. It's Mm -hmm. it's when you're trying to form your identity and you really want to be this, whatever you want to be in this case, furry. And in general, I would say that I, I struggled with it a lot. I was, you know, exploring other assets, assets, aspects of my life. I would say though, in general, as much as you want people to see you in a certain way in the long run, I personally would not push my parents to be involved at this point. Maybe later on, you know, when you know a few more years have gone by. Maybe when you, you're 18. Yeah, when you've moved out. Um, but until then, I mean, a lot of parents will either choose to see it as a phase. They'll choose to see it as a problem. If they're religious, they may see you as living in sin. Um, there's a wide variety of not-so-good reactions that can come with that. What I would recommend is, like Rue said, embrace yourself. Be happy. You've got friends I'm sure that are cool with it. I hope anyway. Um, and, you know, why, why not pursue it on that front where there will be less consequence to you that could be bad? And then, you know, as life goes on. And then when you're more solid in as far as with your friends. 
and mm. who you are then face um, something that's a little bit more yeah. harder to deal with sometimes. You'll want to revisit the choice at that point. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, be happy and love who you are. And, you know, I'm sure that you'll find great friends that will be awesome with it too. Thanks for listening and for the email. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, I would also like to add... Um, you don't get to add anything. Uh, oh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I would also like to add patience as a virtue. And it truly is. Especially at a young age, uh, you may find some criticism with other furs who may not want to talk to you because you are young. And unfortunately, that's something that, you know, that you have to be understanding on your part. Um, but you also have to be upfront with your age because it protects everybody. It and, really does. And, you know, we we want to, you know, see you come out safely. We want to see you grow up safely. We want to, you know, make sure that other people, you know, are aware so there's not that confusion or possible problems in the future. So, so in other words, online, don't portray yourself as a 27-year-old or, or something older. Well, you know, I, be completely upfront. I, 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 you can have that kind of character. You just want to make sure you are very upfront and first and foremost, you know, say that you are underage because it just protects everybody. Yeah. I mean, don't, just participate, but be honest. Yeah. Be yourself. Patience is a virtue. We've and all been there. We've all been young. We've all wanted, you know, to be able to be 18 and then be 21. So it will come and it will come sooner than you think. And then it will leave sooner than you think. And I would I would say as another piece of advice, don't involve yourself in sexual activities online. We all have been that age and we all know that we probably were doing things that were in that vein. But and at advice. the same time, you know, we get it. But for the sake of those people who can get into a lot of trouble, hold off on sharing that with people until you're of age. Our next episode, we're actually going to be talking about being furry in heavily religious cultures. So we live in we live in good old Utah. We have a lot of different um, we have a lot of Mormons around our area, mm-hmm. and so we live in a highly concentrated religious area. And we have a lot of listeners that live in like the South, where there's a lot of uh, you know Southern Baptist influence. We have listeners that live in the Bible Belt. And a lot of the same problems come up where you have religion that is just so prevalent and people look at you through that lens a lot. And how do you deal with that? So we want to hear from you. Please send us emails to cast at for what it's worth and let us know. Yeah. Cast at for what it's worth dot com. Don't forget about that. Um, But tell us, how do you feel about your religious community? Whether it be something very positive, whether it be whatever your feelings are. And if you've had any luck with certain strategies dealing with those kinds of situations that other people might be able to benefit from. Or if you're a very religious furry and um, you feel that you've been able to equally balance um, between being very religious and also being a furry, um, please let us know. Definitely. If you have any music, please send it to music at forwhatitsworth.com. We want to play your music. Please, please, please send it to us. Please. please. Also, if you have any personal emails, any personal questions between um, the three of us, please send emails to rue at forwhatitsworth.com. Tugs at forwhatitsworth.com. Or koru at forwhatitsworth.com. How do you spell koru? K-O-R-U. This is Rue. This is Tugs. And this is Koru. And we're blasting off again!